1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch.
2: Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: This week, the bookshelf cinema is screening Love and Friendship, Sing Street, Dark Horse, A Hologram for the King, and more. At the E-Bar on June 14th, Kazoo presents The Burning Hell and Partner. On June 16th, see the out-of-towners and DJ Matt Adam. And on June 17th, Nicholas Ruddock celebrates the release of his new novel, Night Ambulance, with a reading and music by Gregory Hoskins and Lisa Hodgson. Think back in your memory banks. We had Nicholas Ruddock on the show. Great guest, friend of the show. Get his new book, Night Ambulance. The Bookshelf is an independently-owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. For information about The Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and order books from their online store from anywhere in the whole wide world, please visit bookshelf.ca.
0: Creative Control with Vish Khanna.
3: Independent gaming and independent music is one of the most fascinating cultural intersections I've come across in recent years. Both reflect somewhat subversive interests and have garnered large, loyal, fervent, and outspoken followings, and are more often than not spearheaded by some of the most inventive and clever minds of our time. My friends Jim Guthrie and Shahan Liam are each respected musicians who've appeared on this show before, and they've found new fans through their soundtrack and scoring work for games. Mayor Shepard is the co founder of MetaNet, an indie game development company, likely best known for creating the popular game N. Here now to discuss this overlap between music and gaming are Mayor Shepard, Shawhan Liam, and Jim Guthrie. Uh, good morning, Mayor. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm well. I'm well. And, and Jim, are you there? How are you? I am here, yes. Nice to have you on the show again. And, and Shahan? Present. How, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. It's nice to have you back on the show as well. It's nice to have people back on the show. It makes me feel like I'm doing something okay. <laughs> it would be bad if no one came back, right?
1: Yeah, right? that's true.
3: <laughs> now, let's uh, begin with uh, you, Mare. Mare, you, I don't know you super well. As you could probably imagine, uh, my world is generally the music world. I'm not so much into the gaming world. So I, I'd, I'd like to know where you come from exactly. What got you into the world of gaming?
2: Okay, well, uh, I started playing games, as many do when I was a kid. Um, I lived in a really small town outside of Toronto, where there was virtually nothing to do. So, um, yeah, I all I played as many games as I could get my hands on, and I think it just sort of occurred to me one day that you can somebody was making these games. So I like went to the library and got some books on programming like really really basic programming uh and just kind of got started there and then when I went to university I finally took some actual programming courses but by that time I was also doing art and you know I was interested in film and all this other stuff that I sort of discovered you can combine to make games so my company is just two people and we both are like that we're both into so many different things that you can just kind of Crammed together and turn into a game. So that's kind of how it got started. I just really liked games and was interested in making them. That's fascinating
3: to me that it was ostensibly a do-it-yourself endeavor. Like you just saw something you liked and then taught yourself how to do it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, obviously it's really, really difficult. And I think we just kind of learned that you don't necessarily have to be great at anything. You just have to be good enough at many things and like open to experimenting with it. Cause that's, what's really exciting about games that you can do so much with them and they don't have to be perfect. In fact, that makes them a bit more human.
3: That sounds a lot like, uh, uh the approach that many, uh, indie rock artists would take as well. Yeah. Trying to get at the human aspect, the human quality of this mystical thing. Uh, you know, that's, that's a thing that I think a lot of people do. They, they try to break down a thing they don't understand and make it themselves.
2: Yeah, exactly, and I think like especially in indie games or smaller games, you have the chance to do that because you like it's often coming from a really small team and really personal places, so it's cool.
3: Yeah, no, that's great. Now, Jim and Shawhan, before you got into soundtrack work, what did you really know about the world of gaming, and how much did you engage with it? Let's start with uh, Shawhan.
1: Um, I guess my his like I mean I played games just like anyone as a kid, um, and then. Um, started playing music uh, I guess you know around around high school time and um, I guess was reintroduced to games through coming into contact with um, sort of the, the the early Toronto indie game community I guess god this is like almost 10 years ago now <laughs> um, I guess like you know there there are a lot of you know things in common that we had we were all kind of around the same age all in in toronto and all trying to find a way to um you know make the stuff that we wanted to make in my case i was i was doing music and you know i met mayor and reagan at that time too who are working at um working on games and i think that sort of that sort of creative spirit or whatever is something that we had in common even though you know at that time i was you know i didn't know anything about games or anything about how they were made
3: Okay, that that makes sense. And, and Jim, can you speak to that as well?
4: Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, like I came to it late or later. Um, yeah, I was always just sort of a music guy and I played games growing up. And, you know, I probably spent more time at the arcade when I was younger than I did on like a console or whatever at home. Um, I'm kind of old now. I'm an old man, so... <laughs> You know, but it was it was it was funny back then like you would go to the arcade and you would you could only play as many games as you had like change for like you like like you only had like 5 bucks in quarters. <laughs> and then when you ran out of quarters, you could play no more video games. Like there's just no more games to be played. You couldn't do it. Yeah. But now you can just play games forever. Like now there's just games everywhere like sort of gaming culture and games are just so huge and just so, you know, everywhere that um, kids these days, they don't know the pain of not, <laughs> not being able to play games. Anyways, I was just sort of thinking that um, as, uh, yeah, I was just sort of going off on a tangent there. But, um, but yeah, I I came to it late, and I, I didn't really play a ton of games growing up, but, yeah, I was just more uh, – Music, and then, yeah, I came to uh, Toronto and just met a ton of really amazing people um, who do make games and then just sort of got involved uh, in a real sort of natural way and sort of learned that you know like I knew games um, could do a lot of things and say a lot of things and that they were art, but I didn't really get the sort of extent of it until I got into the culture and and met met all these people who were, like, really trying to do things with uh, with the games they made, you know? Um, knowing sort of all the games that kind of g- came... You know, like, there's, there's all these games that we played when we were kids, and you could only do so many things. You know, you could... Um, you know, just, like, shoot and kill people and do all these kind of crazy things, but now people are making games that are just trying to do and say so much more than that. Um, so... Yeah, I've 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 been uh, super blown away by by yeah, like everybody that I've met.
3: Well, that's an interesting distinction to make because, as I said at the at the outset, I'm not a gamer now. But like you both said, Shahan, and actually all of you have mentioned this that you got into gaming when you were younger. And for me, like yeah, I had a Sega Genesis console. We had Nintendo. We had all this kind of mainstream gaming. And when I told people that I was working on this story the people who aren't engaged with sort of the independent gaming world were like you're going to talk about video games interesting like I mean it's a booming industry on an overground level can you maybe Mayor can you speak to the distinction between what we're speaking of indie indie gaming versus the gaming that we see commercials for when we're watching a, a basketball game or something can you talk about that distinction and how those two worlds intersect as well
2: Sure. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, giant companies who make, you know, giant games have huge marketing budgets, and that's why we get to see commercials during the Super Bowl or, you know, billboards everywhere. And that's just something that is very much out of reach of most smaller companies and I would say pretty much all indies. It's just way too expensive. So what we... And I guess the thing is, Um, When you work at a giant company and, you know, they're making a game that costs millions of dollars and their staffs are huge, they also have to sell quite a few copies in order to make that profitable and make the business make sense. But for indies, we don't have that necessity. We can be weird and we can push the envelope a bit and try to make things that really only appeal to, you know, a few thousand people because that's really all we need to keep going. And I think that that's interesting because the industries are very much connected, but they're so different. Like what comes out of each sort of side is there's something for everybody really. And that's kind of what I like most about games, that whatever your taste, someone is making that and you can kind of, it's, it's very pure. And I I think that that's a really interesting characteristic of games. And like, obviously it occurs in music and film and, other artistic genres as well. But I don't know, in games I you see really tiny things that one person is working on and you hear about it from a friend who played it and they heard about it on some obscure forum somewhere. Yeah. And that's kind of how it gets passed down to people. It's a really it's like a rich history that's just word of mouth in the indie side. It's really cool. In the in the games that I've
3: Seen that that like when Jim or particularly Jim or Sean when they've worked on a game and I go to check it out, uh, and even when I was uh, doing some research about uh, some of the work that you've done, Mare, there seems to be a real um, minimalism to the to the graphic interface of some of the games. Am I far off there? I mean, they seem very intricate on some level, but you know, some of the bigger games there's all sorts of character detail, and it's almost like they're getting to the point where they look like real life. Um, yeah can you mayor can you speak to that aesthetic
2: difference yeah i mean i think it's mostly just playing to your strengths so like if you're working on the latest uh first person shooter from oh god i don't know let's say battlefield right so battlefield is a giant giant series um hundreds of people work on it so you can have one person who's just devoted their whole job is just you know designing the costumes for characters or whole job is something even smaller than that but when you're working at a really tiny company, your whole job is making the characters, designing them, you know, creating their costumes and the world that they exist in, plus all of the, you know, the programming that creates the world and what's happening in the game and the marketing and the website and everything else. So you kind of have to focus on just a handful of things and do them really well. And that often means you have to go for a stylized UI and graphics because you you just don't have the time and the bandwidth to make super hyper detailed you know things that these giant companies can afford to do.
3: Right, it's but, a it's a it's a it's a matter of resources, infrastructure and aesthetic interest.
2: Yeah, but I think that's what makes people do such interesting things with the graphics because you still have to stand out. So a lot of the the indie games get to create these really evocative worlds using, you know, whatever they can get their hands on whatever they can make during that time and I think Sword and Sorcery is a great example of that because the art is so distinctive and it's beautiful and you really get sucked in mm-hmm. and you could although I would never reduce it to just pixel art you could describe it as pixel art but when you compare it it's so different than most other pixel art and I think that's really special
3: yeah I agree and I mean Jim you uh, Mare mentioned Sword and Sorcery which was a game that you worked Shine did you work on Sword and Sorcery as well? Uh, no. Okay, so let's leave you out of the conversation for a few yeah. minutes, Jim. Uh, you worked on this thing. You you made an allusion uh, a few moments ago to growing up and going to arcades. And when you go to an arcade now, which I believe still exists, uh, you know you see them in movie theaters and whatnot. I'm not so into that world as I've mentioned numerous times now. But when you go to the arcade, you mostly see the bigger games. Are you seeing inroads uh, for indie gaming in that world? Are you because there's popularity. Uh, for For something like sword and sorcery, which blew up are, are you seeing it enter those realms? Is there a place for a game like that in an arcade?
4: uh no, I don't think so. I think this is it's more sort of at home um on your laptop kind of thing or on your phone um yeah i mean it's 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 more of like a mobile world um you know that 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 sort of thing or yeah like um uh like the home console that's where people are buying these games um but yeah i also wanted to say just that uh um yeah like when i was younger and i was making music like when i first started off um all i had uh you know was uh um was like a four track or whatever and that would be sort of my sound but it wouldn't really be my sound because that's what i wanted to have be My Sound, you know, it was sort of more like that's all I had and that's what I could make and that's how I made music. Um, and I think it's the sort of same uh, with, like, an indie game. You you know, like, if you're only one person or, um, you know, you, you just don't have, like, the resources to sort of make these huge worlds, so you sort of end up making something that's, like, a lot smaller and that's sort of your, that's sort of your thing and that's sort of, um, you know, it's your look. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of just... It's just a funny... Yeah, like, I've just seen a lot of things um, in the indie rock world that have come over to games and I just see... Yeah, I just see, like, it's a lot like being in a band or something. You know, like, if you have, like, three or four people making a game, it's a lot like being in a band kind of thing and uh, I just find that really cool.
3: Yeah, you're making the most of the resources that you have. Yeah. In, bo- in both realms. Like, you don't have much to work with, you don't have a lot of, you know... uh, uh Money, let's just call it money. You don't have a lot of capital <laughs> in, in, in what you're doing, but you're doing it out of passion and to make something interesting.
4: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Shahan, uh, you have actually worked on a, a PlayStation game, right? That's right, yeah. And, and what was the game again we talked about the last time? Sound Shapes. On? Sound Shapes, and that was, uh, but that was a music-oriented game. That's right, yeah. And, and the deal was, uh, how did it work again? You could create your own songs? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> more or less, yeah, more or less. It was uh, you're, you're sort of cr- creating a, a a world visually, and and through doing that, you're it's trying to sneakily uh, teach you things about putting together songs and and uh, you know uh, sequencing uh, beats and stuff like that. Right.
3: And have you had any other experiences working with a company of that magnitude? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, it, I mean, when we, when we started, it wasn't, uh, it really was, was, a kind of a weekends and, and after hours passion project.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, uh, it sort of grew very slowly into becoming sort of more of a, you know, quote unquote real thing. But initially, you know, like, I think that the, the place where it came from was very much just. You know, experimentation and just like the fun of seeing like what what kind of weird thing could be made.
3: Right, you didn't have any uh, grand uh, plans for it. It just ended up being swept up by this larger.
1: Yeah, I think that that's like like Mara was saying. Saying when you have nothing to lose, you can sort of take any stupid risk that you want. Right, like there's no there's 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 no cost to doing something that's weird or crazy because you know there's no there's no there's there's no stake so you're for, sort of free to kind of uh <laughs> do like have a crazy idea and then spend the time to see see what it's like and i think that that um, you know we were talking before about sort of big budgets versus small budgets and sort of like this the sort of yeah sort of perhaps the the conventional way of thinking might be that you know the more money you have you know maybe that that allows you to do more things and i think that you know with with indie games and also indie music, I think it also applies too is that you know because when when there's less money involved, then there's less risk involved that you know uh that gives you that freedom right to kind of try something, and maybe ninety you maybe you try ninety stupid things that don't work, but then the ninety first one is A really weird cool idea
3: yeah i think there's i mean many different kinds of companies have that thing where they create a subsidiary of their major company just to it's just like a lab right where stuff gets worked on so you're saying so i mean i i was asking this question to you with the presumption that you would have an ability to distinguish between the two experiences of working for a larger company and what i believe you mostly work with smaller independent companies right
1: yeah. So, I mean, we were still, we were still an indie, like you're talking about Queasy Games working on sound shapes, like for Sony kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the way that works is, you know, very much like a band working with a major label kind of, you, you sort of all the creative um, and sort of day to day activities are still are still decided by, you know, sort of the this, this small group of people that are, um, you know, sort of the the original people. And then you have, uh, whatever someone, someone phoning from LA every couple of weeks being like, so like what's going on, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's sort of like an arm's length collaboration. And of course there's, you know, there's a lot of benefits to that, of course, um, you know, in the form of, uh, you know, support, financial support and marketing support and stuff like that. Um, but it is, it's, it was definitely a new, a new thing that we had to kind of Uh, understand how it worked and, and become comfortable with it when you're used to just being, uh, you know, you're used to being, uh, uh, just like totally independent without, and having one, uh, you know, having all the decisions just be between you and your sort of close group of friends.
3: Right. I, 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 I appreciate that. I mean, that, that actually leads me to the, my next question about how your work in this field, uh, how that intersects with the people receiving it. Because uh, my understanding is that uh, gamers are very passionate. And uh, in, in, in lieu of some of the financial resources that some of the bigger companies have, you're really buoyed on by these by these people who are actually playing your games. Uh, Mayor, how would you describe uh, that universe, uh, these people? How, how much do gamers influence what you're doing and and how much feedback do you take uh, into consideration?
2: Well, I mean, first of all, my company is so small that we do try to work on things that we want to play. So our main goal is to make a game that we really, even though we've worked on it for a few years or whatever, we're not so sick of it that we still actually really enjoy the game because that way we know that it's good. Like, If we like it, we can consider that a good game that we're happy to release and support and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. our kind of main focus really is, do we like it? But, I mean, we do run a business also. We can't just focus on what we want. So we definitely try to take some feedback and listen to the players and and generally listen to, to some degree, what they want. (laughs) Um, And be careful... (laughs) Because the main thing that we get asked for N, and obviously N++, is are we going to add guns? And that's clearly it's <laughs> so not what we wanted to do. And it's not happening ever. So you can't just listen to everything. But, you know, here and there, we do try to, to take into account what players want. But what we really want to do often is introduce people to things that they didn't even know they wanted. Like, you can't really listen necessarily to someone who doesn't know what the possibilities are. So like as game designers, we get to think about here's a world of infinite possibility. What can we make? Like what do we want to do that will open people's minds to something new and interesting? And so like with M++, we tried to do that with the minimalist graphics and the soundtrack full of artists that are a little bit lesser known that they might not have heard of, but they might really love. So Hmm. I think it's important to get a balance between What you want to do as an artist or as a game designer and what people want to play.
3: Larger companies tend to insulate themselves from such feedback. They're they're having increasing difficulty doing so with social media platforms. People are able to directly say, hey, Quaker, you know, the new (laughs) Harvest Crunch recipe, not so good. And then they're like, oh, man, the Twitter (laughs) people don't like the new Harvest Crunch. What are we going to do, guys? Like, they they hear about it more, but there is this sense that they they interact less, bigger companies would interact less with people, uh, feedback-wise. Do you ever wish you were a bigger company and could shut out the noise a little bit, Mare?
2: Well, I mean, we definitely, we do get a lot of feedback that seems quite, um, like, I think people don't really think about tone is the thing. So we've actually found that although people sound very demanding and entitled, and sometimes they're kind of rude quite rude. <laughs> How about they're very rude sometimes um uh, we do feel like we in many cases if you do kind of engage with them on some level and just kind of push back against that a little bit often people respond like oh i didn't even know that i was oh wow and they sort of realize that you're a person and yeah
3: yeah i i, I always tend to engage directly with the trolls and it throws them off <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they don't know what to do. They're just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think you would see that I called you a piece of shit. I didn't yes. think anyone would actually receive that information. I was like, what? You added me. You tagged me. What are you talking about? Yeah, so it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Now, uh, Jim and uh, Shahan, you have also—one of you said something quite interesting. I think all of you have kind of talked about the fact that you were fans first. And that you, you were fans of whatever your, uh, you know, main medium was, and then you started making it. And often I, I think that's when the best stuff is made, when people are uh, so engaged with something as a fan, that, and then they start making it, they kind of have an idea of what they'd want to do with something. But you two, uh, Shahan and Jim, you have had uh, probably a, an interesting relationship with your own uh, music world fans, uh, can you compare the two worlds? Because do I don't know how much feedback. You guys are kind of more behind the scenes with this gaming stuff. So I don't know how much feedback you're getting about your own work in, in the gaming world. But I'm hoping you can uh, each talk about your how you perceive the two kinds of audiences and, and how they are similar and different. Uh, Jim, do you want to start?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that for me, like when I play a show... I don't really play shows that much anymore, but when I used to play a show, you know, that's where you get the feedback. And this was like sort of, even before I was really on the web or, or the web was a thing or whatever. So you'd go, you know, like you would just see people at shows and they'd just be like, Hey, that was a really great show. And that would be the feedback. You know, I wouldn't get people like saying that, that like I'm a piece of shit when I was, <laughs> um, you know, so, but yeah, like in gaming it's, and I, yeah, I don't know. I think, The thing that kind of shocked me in the game world like yeah people are really into games sort of more so than i ever experienced people being into bands i mean maybe i was just in the wrong bands or whatever but (laughs) but uh people like yeah people are super into their games and they're really passionate about it and it's really amazing and it's kind of what makes the whole thing go um and yeah, in 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 the music world it's just a little different. People are maybe a little too cool. Like I mean, yeah, people are are like fans of bands and but it's just there's kind of a coolness that's happening that kind of might Yeah, it's just it's not as uh intense, you know. I mean, maybe if I was like in whatever like Bon Jovi, it, I might it might be like really intense, but
3: well, you're also dealing with a virtual world more so than you mentioned that when you play live, people don't come up to you. There's no anonymity there, whereas you know most of the work you're doing in with gaming. I mean, most of the gaming is done online or, or you know, on a console, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like you can just. It's the same as anything. Like, you can just at your home, on your couch in your underwear, destroy someone, like ruin their day. Yeah, and, and then just move on to doing the next thing you're going to do. So that might be it. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they. I mean, they're just, they're two different worlds that they're both fans and there's both, there's both, you know, like they have to want to, you know, buy it and play it or, you know, hear it and sort of engage with it. Um, But yeah, just the sort of cultures that sort of surround, like just the people and the sort of intensity, I just find it was like, it was a whole new level when I got into games. People just, um, yeah, people are really into games and they have a lot to say and, they're all really smart, too, you know? Like, most gamers, I mean, even even the sort of dumb trolls that sort of just seem like jerks who don't know anything. I mean, they're all, like, most of these people, like, everybody's just really sort of smart on some level yeah. or sort yeah. of consumed a lot of culture in their day or whatever. And they they sort of do know what they're talking about, but some of them are just, like, just, like, super ignorant, you know, or, or maybe some aren't so ignorant. But, yeah, there's just a lot of passion on both sides, I think. Um, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Shahan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I I'd agree agree with that. I mean, I, I think that you know it's also you know we've in the time that we've been you know playing music and then playing games, the whole world has changed, and the whole like the form that that media takes and that culture has takes has changed to- completely in that time. Of, you know, so I think that we're sort of dealing with. Um, you know when 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 you can make something and then like immediately get start getting feedback like you you when your game comes out or or even now when your when your album comes out right you send you send out an email or you send out a tweet or something like that and then immediately you start hearing back from you start hearing feedback right whether that's yeah. positive or negative right so and that's a totally that's a definitely a new thing you know and I, I think one thing that I'll say for for um that I found different with, um, with, uh, people that are, uh, or with game fan. I mean, I think that there's probably a lot of crossover between people that are listening to music and play games, but for the people that are communicating, um, about, about game stuff, I find that I think they're more involved in the process or they're more <clears throat> interested in kind of how the thing is put together. Like you, I don't think I would put out a song. I don't think like I could, I would, I would sort of release the song and then start getting feedback like, um, you know, you should have used this, this different microphone on that, or maybe like, you know, maybe a different, maybe a different chord here or there would have, would have been the right thing for that, for that chorus or for that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that people that um, listen to music would be sending uh, feedback like that. Whereas people who are into games, a lot of them are into the, into the, the process of making games. And maybe they've learned a bit about, you know, how things are put together and you'll get, um feedback whether you know whether you like it or not that's um kind of um you know it's it they're, they're they're more involved in the process so the feedback you get will be more will will uh can have more to do with that i guess
3: yeah the, it seems to me that music is in such a weird state in terms of how it's treated uh by everyone that it there are more passive listeners they're just more people who like you know music is a Can be background noise for so many people. It's it's something that people don't even feel comfortable paying for on some level anymore. Whatever it is, mayor, that's not really necessarily the general. I I, I'm asking you to speak generally here, of course, but there are very few passive gamers, right? On some level, is that fair?
0: Um,
2: I mean, there are definitely yeah. Like Shaham was saying, is completely true. It's changed so much. Like when we first, when Reagan and I first started making games. Uh, while we were in university it was definitely different like I guess just the method of communication with people who made games was different we would never really think about writing to you know our our favorite designers or whatever but at the same time we did write to a lot of other developers like with questions or um, I guess mostly it wasn't about feedback on their game it was Hey, how did you do this? Because I want to do something similar. So, but from a game player point of view, I think it's just so much easier to contact people now. That that's just natural. That's just what people seem to do. And so, I guess, yeah, that that seems to be what most people do. But yeah, like you experience
3: anything these days—comic books, film, yeah. art—and art, you just instantly can spew a a thought towards the people behind the Yeah, and the I things.
2: guess you maybe now more also you know who made it like i think before there was still a bit of like some anonymity behind who did exactly what on what game but now you can easily find out who did exactly what and what their twitter handle is and you can get in touch with them immediately
3: i don't want to embarrass jim here um but i remember jim you would you entered uh twitter as yourself and you were indie in music jim i think and you you were doing just fine you know you were on there and then like i looked like a couple months later at uh after something i think sword and sorcery had come out and it just was nuts like you had like a billion followers you were verified all those things that people care about
4: made me a real person yeah all of a
3: sudden you just like that this thing changed your life didn't it
4: (laughs) yeah oh yeah i mean yeah like there was a certain amount of Um, success that I'd had in indie game or in like indie rock or whatever and then yeah indie games was just another world I mean but it's more of like an online world like indie rockers are
2: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com
4: Kind of old and crusty and haven't really not old and crusty but you know what i mean like there's just a sort of certain audience that comes along with games that are just they're they're just way more connected and there's way more people who are online and have like all these different accounts for different stuff so so yeah it's like um yeah like i have i have some friends who are like indie rockers who's don't even really have a cell phone you know or you they just have like a flip phone still like there's still some people who are living sort of in the dark ages in terms of like you know, like gadgets or whatever uh,
3: so yeah, they might just be dealing drugs those might be burners
4: those might be burners you're right uh but no you know it's yeah it's just funny like because yeah If you, when you make something now, yeah, you can spend you know six months or a year or three years of your life making something and then you release it and you tweet it out and then instantly you just start getting trash. Like, that's just sort of a really new thing where, like, in one moment, you know, you can you just like, yeah, you can be spending all this time making something and then you release it and instantly either get love or hate. And it's a really it's just a really crazy thing to have to sort of take into consideration, and you actually shouldn't really take it to heart too much. Like I've sort of, i sort of learned no matter what I do online, and I actually try not to. I mean, I don't really spend a, as much time online anymore, or like really engage as much, um, because yeah, you can you can get really sort of you know like sucked into the things that I mean. It's nice to engage on a certain level, but you never really want to start to count the sort of likes and all the retweets and stuff, you just sort of got to do what you do and then just let it be basically you know there's just a
3: lot of power and anonymity now just like the way people judge you that you don't even know uh and the way that can impact your day if you're not careful that's
4: that's the thing yeah i think you know nobody really knows anybody online and so we're all we can just sort of say so it's nice to sort of get the kind of random love even if You don't know the person. It's just it's 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 nice, you know. And but it, yeah, it's just a lot of people just sort of speak before thinking. Yeah, they can hide behind their screens. But but I mean, like you know, like I think overall, I I think that like the internet's like a really amazing place, and there's just so many you know great people doing great things. And I think though, I think that the internet has sort of changed me, like the way that I do business and the way that I make a living, and Um, You know, like I can put a whole bunch of music up online and then I can go to bed and people can hear my music while I'm, you know, like... Whereas, you know, like I would have to go out and play shows and and tour and you have to sort of go out to all the cities to reach the people and now you can just sort of reach everybody um, from home.
3: Yeah, yeah. Now, we've we've talked a lot about the present and I think we've basically covered how indie gaming and indie rock have uh, parallels and where they connect. Uh, I'm curious about your... Each of your takes on the the future of this uh, intersection and 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 this realm generally, um, mayor, I think maybe you might be the best qualified at this point to speak to to, to some of that. Uh, can you talk about where you see this all going? And and maybe within that, well, let's leave it at that for now. I want to ask about all of your future projects as well, mm-hmm. but uh, let's stick to maybe the culture at large. Mayor, what do you where do you think things are going right now? What excites you?
2: Well, I mean. I think that lots of I mean, the pace is really, really quick. So even though games are a relatively new medium, it's changed so much since, you know, the the 80s when games started really to kind of break out. So I think it will change a ton in the next little while. But what I'm really hoping is that uh, especially in indie games, it just gets a bit more subtle and nuanced and like it matures a bit because I feel like sometimes I feel like we're sort of still in high school you know with what we're thinking about and what we're doing with games but there's so much more and I just kind of hope that we keep pushing and keep making things that aren't maybe as like obviously not everything is very obvious but I feel like that's we can just do so much more like when you look at early film and then compare it each decade, there's just such a massive change. And I really want to see that in games, too. And I'm sure it will happen.
3: Positive. Uh, I, I, I believe that you also want to do so much more with so many fewer guns. Is that fair? <laughs>
2: yeah. Less, yeah.
3: Less guns, more. It doesn't
2: need, doesn't need to be guns.
3: I don't understand why they want guns. That's weird. That's a weird well, thing. I mean, that's also a weird, that's like not a, a kind of feedback you would get in almost any other profession. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about positive and negative feedback, right? And and very few people. It must be slightly weird to be. That's some. Can you just have more guns? Like that's a dangerous <laughs> thing to receive. I would think.
0: Yeah,
2: it's it's very strange for sure. Jim, have but
3: you I, Jim, have you ever been told you need more guns in your music? Yes, I have. <laughs> Fire all the hired guns. That's actually a line. Yeah, all
4: the time, all the time. That's all they ever say is more guns. <laughs> no, um. Yeah, um. I'd say, yeah, like I, like for me in games, the thing that, um, like when I first got into games, I was sort of surprised that there weren't more people who just make music getting involved with doing music for games. Like it it seemed like um, a lot of people who made games, they also sort of just made the music too because they could or like they knew how to program or loop some beats or knew, you know, they knew a little bit and they didn't really have the time or want to hire anybody or you know they didn't have the cash to or whatever so um i did find it sort of strange that like i wasn't like you know i wasn't like the only person but there were very few people who were sort of known for making music who would sort of cross over to do music for a game um and so i guess um in the future it'd be nice to sort of see just more of like people who make game you know like the sort of team's um, being you know have, have people from all different sort of arts uh, and sort of who have you know like um, different strengths you know making games um, you know like through like music and um, and the visuals and like the architecture of the game and sort of you know there's just so many things that can be done if I could think more people get involved I mean I guess it all takes money or whatever uh, but you know it doesn't have to I guess and um it just sort of be cool to see games evolve that way to just sort of include more people and not just uh, sort of gamers. And, um, and we, you know, where there's nothing wrong with that, I just mean, it does get sort of, uh, it does have, like, um, you know, like a stereotype that, like, all gamers and all devs and stuff are just people who sit in these dark rooms and code and don't really interact or whatever. And um, it'd be nice to sort of, I think as games become you know, like bigger and more people play games there'll just be sort of more people making games and more like you know uh, different types of people making games I, I mean that's a, a truly
3: fascinating aspect of of this whole situation is that two of my friends who were people I admire and made really cool music uh, figured out a way to have viable careers and uh, it's sort of a it's it's almost purient or or something to to talk about it on a work level but Cheyenne, i mean you've made work for yourself as jim is saying
1: yeah i think that and well jim sort of stole what i was what i was going to say but i think that yeah i think that i agree that the what what i see as sort of the exciting the exciting thing about you know where where games are are where they're going is that um you know, the tech, the, the, the technology that's used to make the games is getting more and more sophisticated and is getting, um, sort of easier to use and is becoming more accessible to people that are, um, you know, from all different walks of life and from all different sort of, uh, professional and artistic backgrounds and, and that will have all kinds of different points of view, right? So, you know, in the the early, the early time of games, let's say like the early 80s or something, like everyone who made a game basically had to be a computer engineer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, um, you know, me and Jim are perfect examples of people that kind of came from outside of games and were able to sort of engage with the medium in a way where we were able to put some of what our... Uh, what our background was or what our sort of musical um, thing was and sort of like um, put that into a game, you know what I mean? And I think that the more um, people that can do it, like, you know, what if, what if, you know, a sculptor could come in and, you know, build 3D models by using their hand, uh, using their hands and clay instead of, you know, a, a mouse and a... A mouse and a whatever 3d studio or whatever, or what if, you know, what if a, a, person that works with origami could, could come in and build, uh, uh, you know, 3d characters or whatever using paper folding and sort of what if all these people that have all these years of experience and all these ways of expressing themselves using, you know, using their hands or using whatever could sort of contribute that you know, to the, to sort of like, the medium of games, I think that we're sort of just at the beginning of that now. And like the, you know, the next while will just be all these amazing, you know, people being able to sort of bring something new and we're going to get all these experiences that we've never, you know, we've never seen before, which I think to me is, you know, what's really exciting.
3: That was a very moving State of the Union address, I have to say. Thanks, dude. It, Definitely. I was, I was like, "Is this John F. Kennedy? Who is this guy?" <laughs> that was amazing.
4: No, no that, that's and not, not, that. And I'd also just, I was just like, sort of thinking, like, like there is a thing too, um, you know, with with like our parents and grow up with games, and they don't really, you know, I there's, there's just like a generational thing where you know, soon, soon, like everybody on the planet will have been playing games for their entire life because now they're just in the culture, right? So. You know, but there's a whole bunch of people who are, you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s or whatever there who just have never played a game or don't even really get how far it's come or how sort of it's just everywhere now. Um, So there's just going to be a time when people would need to make all these um, sort of games and whatever, like software for for like old people, because these old people used to be kids who played games and they've been playing games their whole life. So. Um, well, I've already
3: seen this. I mean, you know, a few years ago, my parents-in-law and my parents looked at our us with our smartphones in complete disdain. And now if I hang out with them, I, we can't get them off their smartphones.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's changing really fast. But, yeah, there's just a sort of still there's like a like a culture or there's, you know, like a group of people who. Who, yeah, who didn't really grow up with games. And so yeah. that's a change you know, in time.
3: Now, uh, I want to take a moment to ask each of you about uh, future projects, things you're excited about. And, uh, Mayor, I want to start with you. Is there something coming up for, for MetaNet or yourself that you'd like to talk about?
2: Sure. So, I mean, right now we're finishing up N++ that's for Steam. It's going to be finished later in the summer. But what we're really excited about is what's next because we've been working on the end series for over 10 years. And like, we worked on a few things in between that we want to return to, or that just didn't really work out. So what we want to get back to is making small experiments, just like a, you know, a fragment of something, just a little idea that you sketch out and you sort of put together a few of these little pieces to see what it wants to become. Cause it's kind of like, it's a more organic way of making games instead of starting out with this detailed idea of every tiny thing that you want this game to be, you sort of build these little parts and then put them together and see what the game wants to be itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we haven't really done that in oh, probably about 10 years. So it's it's kind of... I guess we just want to be able to experiment and explore ideas and you know see what the things that we're interested in now can contribute to that. Because we've really we've recently gotten way more into architecture and you know dance and all these weird things that we just want to see how they can impact games and how they can become something interesting so we're just looking forward to a lot of experiments and seeing what comes out of that and where where can people
3: listening uh learn more about what you're up to
2: um on our website metanetsoftware.com we post a lot of like updates on what we're doing, or we're going to post, you know, what we're reading right now, or just like where we're getting our our info, where we're getting the stuff that's going into our games.
3: Yeah, you've got a blog on that site where you do that, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. and Twitter too, our and Twitters. What's your Twitter?
2: My Twitter is at Mayor Shepard, and Reagan's is at Reagan Burns.
3: Oh, okay, okay, great. Now uh, let's go to Shahan. What are you up to?
1: hey um hi hey uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show nice to have you on you were going you were going mayor Jim Shawhand before you switched the orders oh so. yeah, I
3: know well, I was trying to go uh i was trying to yeah i i think we've given Jim a lot of time here and uh and you know what he's like so I thought I'd go to you first okay
1: yeah um well i think yeah i i i think like I said, and sort of what what mayor was talking about is that you know you kind of, like the 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 process is 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 a lot of a lot of failing followed by a tiny bit of succeeding right so you you basically need to um, make like ninety ninety shitty games and then maybe the ninety first one is something right or or have ninety ideas that don't work until you get to the one that does work um, so I think that. You know, that that process, you know, I'm I'm interested in um, sort of taking my experience with games and seeing where that, um, how that can apply to other things, like how those mechanics or how those ways of thinking can be applied to um, other things that are also interesting to me. So let's say, for example, um, musical instruments or musical hardware, or let's say, for example, um, something like uh, learning a, a new language. I think that you know. Right now, I'm I'm trying to take sort of what I got out of that the game experience and kind of build new things that um, you know take the use the tools and the language of games, but perhaps for um, you know to to towards a different towards a different end.
3: Are you saying that you're you're actively trying to in, invent specific things? Like, yeah. uh, are you inventing sort of tangible products? That- yeah.
1: So, so, yeah, like I said, you know, you're, it's, these, these are kind of um, right now sort of experiments and, and, you know, in all probability, 90% of them will, will, will be failures. But the idea is that in, in doing these things, you hope that you come out of it with one thing that's at least useful to somebody. <laughs>
3: Haven't, have you not already invented an apparatus or something? Didn't you make something for yourself?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, in, in my music, like what I, what I, what I love to do with my music is sort of build tools and then use those tools to make, um, you know, to make, to make songs. I think that for, in electronic music, that's, that's the fun of it. Like it's, it's that not only do you get to, 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 to write the song, but you also get to sort of make the guitar, you know, sort of in, you know i going to make the metaphorical guitar. I mean, yeah, yeah. you get to decide how many strings you get to decide, you know, the shape you get to decide, you know, which scale it's going to be in and what the, the you know, how, what, how you're going to play it and what you want your body to be shaped like while you're playing it and whatever. So that's to me, that's what I've, you know, always been interested in with electronic music um, is building the tools. But what I'd love to do is be able to, like, take those tools and have them be useful to People other than me
3: <laughs> okay guess. yeah no that's that's uh, again that's that sounds like a uh, not to uh, again make you uncomfortable or embarrass you but that sounds like a noble pursuit if you will that sounds like a cool thing to to do with your time and your resources um, and there is this kind of instructive nature to some of what you do i think where you're like i kind of want to help other people do the things that i'm doing
1: yeah, I mean, I think that to me, that's what's always been I mean, that 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 sort of a, a moment where you realize that I think we, we've all sort of mentioned it where there was a point where we we realized that, hey, someone's making this stuff, whether that's means like you would go to a show and and the, the band were other people that were, you know, sort of your age. And you're like, hey, wait a minute, if they're doing this, then I can do this, too.
3: Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's a big part of what we've been I, talking
1: about. Yeah. yeah, When you when you when you have that moment, it's such an empowering, sort of magical thing, right? And that is, I think, sort of what has defined, you know, the the you know all of us in this conversation is like we all had that moment at some point, and then after that, we're we're sort of chasing this this thing forever now. You
3: yeah. Know? Now, and Jim has been rather savvy with with this crossover work, and that he's actually mm-hmm. taken some of the music he's made for video games and created albums out of them. He's made that music commercially
1: available. Have you done anything like that? Uh, not, I, <laughs> not really. I mean, I, unfortunately, the music that we worked on for Sound Shapes was sort of very mechanically tied to the game itself. Like in, It was designed in such a way that you couldn't really separate the music from the game, which... At the time, we thought it was brilliant, but of course now you're pointing out that that means there's no way to release a soundtrack for it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wasn't meaning to point that out, but uh, I mean, it would have been, it would have potentially been interesting to record yourself in a game session and then put that out as a record.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there there. Are a Why bun- am I not your
3: producer? Yeah. That's a great <laughs> idea.
1: There there are a bunch of ways we could have done it, and actually, a lot of players have. Uh, you know, if you can go on YouTube and you can see. Um players have sort of recorded versions of 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 the song. You know what I mean? So yeah, like yeah. there are there is a level done by Beck or there's levels done where the music is done by Dead Mouse or something, and players will go and record themselves like record a session of them playing, you know, and, and and have a version of the song and throw it up on on YouTube, which I think is really great. And I think that I mean to me that's what's cool about it is that everyone who plays it will have their own version of the song, you know, like so if that there's, there is no definitive like there. There are three Beck songs in Soundchase, but there's no there's no like definitive version of those songs. If you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah, They're, like a different way of of experiencing music because there's no it's it's there's no authoritative like thing where you can say like this is what the song is. The song is experienced as part of you know a a sort of in real time interactive thing, right.
3: Now, uh, not to cut you off, but do you have any uh, tour dates or records coming up that people should know about?
1: Uh, well, no, not really. I mean, I'm still working on the next record, and um, you know, we'll hopefully have news about that sometime this year, but not right now.
3: Okay, and where can people learn about your stuff online?
1: Uh, I'm I'm at robotandproud.com, and then my Twitter is robotandproud. Excellent, great.
3: Now, Jim, best for last uh... same question can you talk a little bit about your future plans any projects you're working on or or, or records or anything like that
4: um... probably just a lot of netflix
3: <laughs> you're just gonna watch a lot of netflix that's your yeah, deal? Okay. yeah just youtube
4: and netflix <laughs> just,
3: uh-huh. your, your immediate plans involve a lot of streaming
4: video <laughs> exactly a lot of content streamed over the internet yeah. for
3: good good anything that uh... It might be germane this particular conversation?
4: Uh, no, you know, I've I've been pretty lucky to just I um, I'm working on a lot of things uh, and I'm just super busy at doing games and some some short short films and documentaries and I don't know I just seem to get a lot of really cool work these days so I'm yeah I'm busy there's a game that I'm working on. Uh, Below That'll be out um, at the end of the summer. Cool. Um, And that's been sort of a long time coming, so that'll be pretty exciting uh, to finally get out there. Um, And then, yeah, there's a bunch of other... There's another indie game uh, that's called uh, XO that's sort of uh, more of a space uh, uh, strategy kind of shooter game. Um, that's done by like a really small team. Jump Drive is the name of the uh, studio that does it. Um, so yeah, that I don't know that's maybe coming out in the next six or eight months, but I'm just, you know, doing music for that. Um, and yeah, so yeah, and then there's just a bunch of other like, yeah, film stuff and documentary. So I'm, I'm just really lucky to be super busy.
3: Okay, great. And, and again, your online coordinates, best place to learn about what you're up to?
4: JimGuthrie.org. I I mean, I tried to get the dot-com, but you just couldn't get it because there's a Jim Guthrie who drives a race car, I believe, that got it before me.
3: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I appreciate that very much.
4: Uh, um, And uh, yeah, and then on Twitter, I'm at Jam Pants because I couldn't get Jim Jam. Oh, there's already a Jim Jam? Well, yeah. I was like, I wanted a Jim Jam, but yeah, in 2009, you couldn't get Jim, Jim Jam, so... And I tried a couple different things, and then I was like, "Screw it, jam pants." Nobody's picked jam pants, right? Yeah, and, no
3: one. No one would pick jam pants. I think that's a that's a safe thing. You did it.
4: That's Google proof, really. That you did a good job there. You know, you know what's funny though? I just, just I should just mention this, right before I go. I a guy <laughs> emailed me. This is the craziest thing. A guy emailed me the other day or the other week, and he was just like, you know, I really like your stuff, and I really like your uh, Twitter name. And I've tried, and I now I'm getting, like, I'm using your handle. Like, I'm stealing your handle when I sign up for other stuff. Oh.
3: <laughs> why would wow. he
4: Why would he tell you that? I know. Like, why would he say, I like what you do, and I like Jampan, so I'm like, I'll sign up for, like, whatever, like, Trello or, like, you know, or just some other service or some other account. Yeah, I was just like, why? That that doesn't make me think you're cool or something, you know, or like, I was, yeah I was just like I didn't I didn't say anything but now he might listen to this and
3: well after all, all the stuff we've discussed about uh, how much uh, fans mean to us I think we can all end this by suggesting that fans are terrible I mean
4: really <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it comes, it's full circle but no I just you know it's just a funny it's a funny thing that somebody would just admit to want to steal your handle why wouldn't they just do
3: anyway yeah people are weird people <laughs> are weird with the information they, they want to convey to the people they like I don't understand it's like, it's like a Larry David universe. It really is. Like something. Anyway, uh, we should uh, go. And I want to thank each of you for being on this program and talking about this. Because as I say, I've I've been uh, really fascinated by it. And I, I thank you again for your time. Uh, Jim, we established that you're the only one uh, really uh, among us here who is smart enough to take anything you do and put it out online. Uh, particularly when it comes to video game music. Is there a, a song maybe from something you've done? Or, or, Mayor, I don't know if you want to contribute to this, if you can think of something that Jim could do, or something of Jim's that we can play. I don't want to put you on the spot because, you know, song titles and everything, but are you... are you? Let's, let's just be frank here. Mayor, are you actually a fan of Jim's?
2: Well, I mean, it's a day-to-day sort of thing. Yeah, sure. It's, it depends.
4: That's how I feel. Opa. That's yeah. nicest thing anybody's ever said. <laughs> um, I would say, like, is there is there like something that we can play that has guns in it? We, yeah. But, <laughs> is there just like a song that has like a guitar, a gun, guitar solo or something?
3: As like, I as I tried to say earlier, you do have a song with the line "Fire all the hired guns," which is I good. do. Yeah.
4: So I mean, we could we could go with that. I guess if I mean, but we could also play something from uh from like the n plus plus soundtrack which is has so many incredible or we could play something from the sound you know or like shawhand like honestly honestly like i yeah i
3: mean whatever we have permission to play is really where i'm at is there something that (laughs) any of you have ownership over that we can play
4: can you maybe play each one of our songs or something from each like something that we're doing you can layer them over top of each other like and play them all at once, all I, three. I times.
3: have done this before upon a dare from a guest who asked me to do that, and I did it, and people liked it, but I don't know. I can if
4: you really think. I that's don't know. Going I mean, me. no, I, yeah, I'm just thinking outside the box here, but um... I, yeah, I, you, you no, play can't, every can't, you want. I don't even
3: know. No, can't, can't you just pick. Did you do the stuff for the indie game, the soundtrack uh, <laughs> movie? Yeah. You, you did that, didn't you? Why don't we yeah. play something from that? That seems yeah, the most appropriate. Or, you know,
4: yeah, play, or play, um, Play an oldie. Play, like, I don't know, play um, something from one of my cassettes or something that's just the origins of of me screwing around.
3: Okay, can you pick something, for the love of God? Just pick a song. Okay,
4: pick... Um, uh, I don't want to be a rock star.
3: You want to play that? Interesting. Okay, yeah. why did that come to mind? Why I shouldn't even ask? It's
4: Yeah, it's just old, and it's just crazy, and it's just me goofing around. And, yeah, it's kind of like how we all sort of start off just screwing around and then you know one day we make a living so doing. this
3: this would have appeared on one of your early tapes and then it ended up on uh a thousand songs right yeah
4: That's and great. I probably recorded this in like 1992 or something
3: okay let's do that this is I don't want to be a rock star by Jim Guthrie uh Mayor and Jim thank you so much for being on this show best of luck with everything
2: thanks so much thanks. it was great
3: Teesh. to Mayor Shepard Jim Guthrie and Shahan Liam for being on this program to talk about gaming and music you just heard music from Jim Guthrie that is from uh, you can get this thing on his uh, on his record A Thousand Songs the song you heard I Don't Want to Be a rock star. there you go thanks a lot to Jim as always Jim provides the there's a music you're hearing right now this is Jim he gave me this it's like instrumental music well he didn't give it to me I took it and said can I use that he said yeah sure it's fine I don't care thanks to jim for all his love and support and uh and thanks to i hope you enjoyed that conversation i did stimulating conversation i'd like to think i hope you did too if you would like to learn more about creative control of vishkana go to vishkana.com there you will learn how to listen to subscribe to and most importantly download this program on itunes audioboom.com <laughs> And uh, there's also lots of other things to learn about at vishkana.com. You can learn about how you can make a flexible monthly donation to this program via our Patreon page. You can learn about our Facebook page, which I urge you to like and join and all that stuff. Twitter, we're on Twitter, at Creative, And uh, you can also learn that the show exists in some format or another as a radio program on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph Wednesdays. At noon eastern standard time uh, You can listen to it if you're in the area On the radio for real Or around the world At CFRU.ca Another episode coming up this week If all goes well And uh, I will uh, I'm. Oh hey hey! If you like I'm playing some drums In a replacements Tribute band With Bry Webb Of the Constantines And Mike Dean of Start Something, and Jenny Mitchell of, uh, formerly of the Bar Mitzvah Brothers, she's also, she also goes by the handle Jenny Omnicord, we're playing in Toronto at Adelaide Hall as part of North by Northeast on the 17th of June, and then on the 18th we're playing at the uh, Making Box in Guelph, so, uh, we don't play very often, we've only ever played one other show, didn't think we'd ever really do it again, but the call came to do it again, and we were having some fun trying to learn some songs by the replacements so come and see us in Toronto and Guelph we're called Bri Webb and the Timbs the Timbs that's right alright yeah so uh that's the deal stay tuned for more shows and uh talk to you soon goodbye for now